Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Well, viewer discretion is advised for this message. I just have to say that because we stream online these days, but it's got to do with what I want to share with initially this morning. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but uh, in medieval times, they also always used to be so obsessed with all sorts of different torture techniques. Have you noticed that through the history books? I always loved all sorts of different techniques. It's one of those te- things that you don't want to do too much research as a pastor, lest you're not able to sleep at night. But there was a particular method of torture uh, that... Uh, the French in particular were really in, into it. It was called um, drawing and quartering. It looked like there's nothing too bad. It's the old medieval thing, but they'd basically tie a person up. Yeah, okay, yeah, take it back down, Nate. Um, <laughs> right, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, I, look, just stay with me, right? It's, it's kind of tough, but they would tie you to four different horses in each direction, and they would hit the horses, and the horses would run off in four different directions. Yes, I know. I'll leave it at that. Won't share too much more. I think the reality is for some of us at the moment in life, um, we can feel a bit like that. And you know what the French called that torture technique? Distraction. Distraction. And in a less gruesome way, I think for you and I, knowing you well enough, that we can feel like someone who's being pulled apart in four different directions... By things like rents and mortgages, electricity bills, interest rates. We dub this term the cost of living crisis. We're calling it the cost of living. You've felt it. You've seen it. We have those moments where it's like, there's no way I'm paying six bucks for a lettuce. I'm not paying six bucks for a lettuce. It's ridiculous. We're feeling it. You're seeing this around us and this is why this has kind of been on my heart today to speak as a bit of a one-off because it is so much around us and I want to talk this morning not about the it's the cost of living crisis but what about the cost of not living crisis and here's what I mean by this yeah look of course prices are going up and things are getting tougher and jobs are harder to come by and get and the client's harder to get across the line and all of those things are pushing in on us and I know that but look if you're not careful the real cost of living is going to be this that your attention is going to be pulled away from the things that matter most that the real cost of living yeah, there's a cost of living but what about the cost of not living It's the cost of not living because what gets your attention gets you. Do you have any idea how many things in your life that have cost you this week and you don't even know that it's cost you and you don't even know that it's cost you this month with these things in your life because you weren't aware of them? The cost of not living, of not being in the moment is costing you opportunities and it's costing you peace and it's costing you your focus and it's costing you beauty and it's costing you joy and it's costing you happiness and it's costing you precious moments with family and it's costing you relationships and it's costing you the career, it's costing you what could have been, it's costing you what might have been. Because what gets your attention gets you. And as the cost of living starts pushing in around us, it's got our attention. I think, too, the thing for us as a church is like, we always come here going, you know, we we want a word. 
And we want the blessing of the Lord. We just, we just want God's blessing. I don't have enough in my life. I need a blessing from the Lord. And I think the thing for us is that I just want to take our eyes today off um, all the things that we don't have in our lives and focus our eyes on the things that we do have in God. The cost of not living crisis. And when I say the cost of not living it's because Jesus says something really interesting in the scriptures. He says, the thief comes to steal and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life to the full. And what we see from him in that is that, is that the thief is not necessarily st- stealing your possessions, but the thief is stealing your attention. The thief is taking away from the moments that are most precious to you and so is it just me or is it just me but are we all feeling pulled apart we're trying to parent trying to stay focused on god we're trying to serve god we're just trying to get by distraction death by distraction (laughs) distraction is that which is pulling you away from what matters most and so i felt like jesus wants to take us back to what does matter most. And he says, yeah, the thief comes to steal and destroy. And what I think Jesus is saying here <laughs> is that there are two kinds of living. There's living and then there's living. Does that make sense? There's living and then there's living. There's, there's, there's living, surviving, and then there's living, life to the full. There's living, anxious, surviving, trying to get by. There's living with peace and joy in spite of your circumstances there's the living that's grinding away and just doing what you've got to do there's living that is whistling while you work there's living that's focused on everything that's going wrong and everything that you don't have there's living that is a living in the abundance of God you hear what Jesus is saying the thief comes to steal that away from you Primarily by stealing your attention away from the things that matter most. <laughs> there's living and there's living. And we know, like, don't you sense that like, we have these moments when life's pushing in, in, in on us. We have these mini moments where we glimpse the beauty and we glimpse the joy and we glimpse the wonder. We have it for just a bit and then it escapes us and we've got to go back to the grind. Anyone ever felt that? It kind of leaves us for God. Just, I just, who wants more of that? Who wants more of that? Because I know that you know that we know that we all know. We want more of that. (laughs) We want more of that. And Jesus speaks into that. He says, the thief comes to steal steal and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life to the full. The thief steals your attention, but Jesus, on the other hand, he says, I have come that they may have life and life to the full. I have come to give you, listen to this church, I have come to give you a sort of life, a sort of quality of life, a sort of kind of life that is really not overly spiritual or overly miraculous or overly like, hey, I've just, you know, I've won the lotto because I believe in Jesus type of life, right? What he's saying is I've come to lead you into a life that is the fullest expression of the human condition. Hear the difference? Jesus says, I want to take you into life that is the fullest expression of the human condition. And it looks like this. It was hilarious this week. This week I was um, catching up with um, one of the guys who uh, became a Christian here about six months ago. And uh, we were having coffee during the week. And um, he sat down out in the family room, as we call it, our meeting room. And um, 
And he said, yeah, this is the, this is the problem. Ever since I've become a Christian, I find my, that I start crying all the time. <laughs> and he's like, you've got to do something, man. I was just like, I can't control it. Like, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> I found this. <laughs> I said, you know, what he's really trying to say to you is, can you just try and mute my faculties? Can you just try and dial me down a little bit? And what he was experiencing, and I know that some of you have felt this, right? And I've felt this, because you know what I'm like. I've, I'm one, one morning, I'm eating my wheat bix, I'm watching The Chosen, Jesus on the Sermon on the Mountain, and I'm bawling my eyes out watching The Chosen, which I still have not watched at all, by the way, so do not tell me the ending, okay? <laughs> I, uh, a f- I said to him, mate, 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 that's what Christianity does. It's taking you into the fuller version of who you are, that type of life. When Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life the full, Jesus said, I've come to make you the sort of person that's going to cry at things that you never thought you would cry about. Isn't that good news this morning? <laughs> but when you become a Christian, when you're led by the Holy Spirit into this life, you see the world differently and you wonder more and your eyes are lifted. You ever found this with Christians that are living that type of life and you whistle in spite of the life is about to get me down type circumstances. There's something about the human condition when it follows Jesus that is life and life to the full. The thief wants to steal that. The thief wants to take that away from you. The thief too, it's, it's kind of a weird way of saying, look, I wouldn't be a pastor if I didn't believe that there was some form of force in the universe, if we keep it as broadly as that, is to say that is an enemy to us. And of course, you know, churches will call that the devil, and at times it probably is the devil. Some churches will say it's the demonic, and, you know, that gets into the sorts of areas of church and theology that we just don't major on here. But the big, the big picture is, you know, I'm a Star Wars kid. You know, I believe there's the light side and the dark side, man. And so I do believe that when you go to the dark side of the force, the dark side of the force, right, Muzz, you know, tries, tries to steal your attention away from the things that matter most. You know, hey, hey, mum, can, can we hang out for a little bit? No, 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 hon, I've, I've got some work to do. I've got some work to do. Hey, dad, come watch this. No, after I've finished my sermon, mate. Hey, can we go and play? No, I've got to get through this because I've got the fucking electricity bill this quarter and I've just got to get through this because the client's not going to come across the line. There are hundreds of micro moments in your life this week that Jesus wants to lead you into to give you life and life to the full. The way he does it is he says, I'm the gate, which is a pretty obscure way to say it. But he says before this verse in John chapter 10, I am the gate and whoever enters through me will be saved and they will come in and go out and find pasture. Have you ever noticed this? But gates are narrow. I'm not a farm kid, but whenever I have to go out to the farm, you know, and pull those gates and go across the cattle grid, which scares the daylights out of me because I think my legs are going to fall through the thing and right... Have you ever noticed this? Like, compared to the pastures, gates are narrow, aren't they? And so Jesus says, like, essentially his analogy is saying that if you want this type of fullness of life, then you can hang out here all you want. But if you want to move into that space of life, if you want to move into the fullness of life, then the way to do it is very narrow. It's very specific. It's very disciplined. 
You know this. I know that you know this, right? Because so many of you have the heart intention that wants to be living this type of life. And the kids come up and say, hey, can we play? And can we do something, mom? And you're just like, man, I just, I just wish I could mute you for a second. I could just mute me and give me 90 minutes and I'll come back to you when it's done, right? Or the friends call and come, yeah, come on, let's go hang out. You know that you've got stuff to do, but, you know, at the same time, you haven't seen them in ages and you want to do... It's, it's very narrow to move into this life. It's also very narrow because I know if you're anything like me, it's a miracle that you've paid attention to this message for the last 10 or 11 minutes that we've been going on. I'm sure already you've thought about, I've got to put this on the Woolworths online order. Um, we've got to catch up with them this week. Uh, I've, got, I've got this scheduled on Wednesday. Remind me to pack my gym bag because I've got to... Right? Some of you maybe already been through your phone three or four times and that's fine because you're tweeting, wow, this message is amazing from Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> I mean, you and I both know that your mind and my, my mind still goes like that. When I, I look at you and I preach and I'm like, well, that's right, I've got to call them about that. And I didn't get back to them and I'm really, really sorry, by the way. And right, it's just, <laughs> Our minds are everywhere because the gate is narrow to this type of life that lives life to the full. It's making sense. So I want to ask you then this morning... This question that is shaping my life at the moment. What are you distracted from that you should be devoted to? What are you distracted from that you should be devoted to? What are you missing? What haven't you seen? Ever notice how you can be giving someone your time, but you're not really giving them your time? You ever notice that? Have you got... Are you like me? Have you got a... Have you got a particular telltale? It's really frustrating, but I've got a particular tick where Krista knows if I'm not really present with her. It's called the yep, yep. And it's gotten me into all sorts of trouble. Luckily, my kids haven't asked me to go to Disneyland when I'm in this moment. And it's the, the moment where I'm thinking about work, but I'm trying to pretend to be present. Tell me I'm not the only one that does this, okay? And so the kids come up to me and like, Dad, can we have ice cream? It's like 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, yep, yep. <laughs> or they're like, yeah, you know, um, Dad, um, uh, can we uh, pull everything out of the cupboard and can we like just start making a cubby house, you know, right before guests are about to come over for dinner? Yep, yep. And so that's what Christian, Christ, Christian, Christian, who marries a Christian when you're a pastor? <laughs> it's the yep, yep. Have you got a yep, yep? It's the moment. It can, I just be real with you now and I'll say it. If your partner or your spouse hasn't said it to you yet, but you are so absolutely obvious that you are not present in the moment, even though you think you're put, putting on your best present in the moment face. Can I just declare that? Because the thief comes to steal. And what gets your attention gets you. And in that moment, they might be right in front of your face, but they don't have your attention. Work has your attention. And that rotten email that the co-worker wrote to you and argument that you're having with them in your head about what you really do want to say to them and then what you shouldn't and then you've re-edited the email 15 times already and an eight-year-old standing in front of you wondering if they can go and play a spouse wife that's been husband been partner's been desperate for your attention all week you're thinking about an email jesus was a genius 
Because Jesus says, I've come to give you this life and life to the full. And he later says, you know, Matthew heard him say it and wrote it down. Matthew thought, that's a good idea. I'll write it down. Maybe one day they'll make a Bible out of my journal. And they did, right? But the Bible was just Matthew's journal of what he heard Jesus saying. And Jesus said, look, guys, tomorrow's got enough <laughs> stuff to deal with. So don't worry about tomorrow. Be present in the moment. Be present with what's in here. And when we do that and we discipline ourselves, we move into the life that is life to the full. <laughs> Attention costs you something. Attention costs you something. In 2010, two Harvard psychologists, Matthew Killingsworth and Daniel Gilbert, did a study. And get this, they, they found, and this is proof of what I'm saying, that almost 47% of their waking hours, of people's waking hours, are thinking about something other than what they're currently doing. 47% of people. They are thinking about something other than what they're currently doing in the present moment they're in. And then they conclude with this. They say, the ability to think about what is not happening is a cognitive achievement and it comes at an emotional cost. It's kind of, they're saying it's, it's, it's an achievement to not be present in the moment. But more worryingly, it costs you. Haven't you felt that? It costs you when you're not in the moment. It costs you. We know and we sense that being present in the moment is absolutely directly linked to happiness and joy and peace and commitment, contentment. And you know what? The weirdest thing is there is always something in our life that is taking us beyond something that we're thinking about, something that we're doing that's taking us beyond what we've actually got in front of our face. And so... What are you distracted from that you should be devoted to? What are you distracted from that you should be devoted to? And how do we keep the distractions from stealing our attention away from that which matters most? And um, I think, firstly, you've got to frame it up and say, there's the distraction dilemma, is that the things that you get distracted with aren't necessarily bad things, by the way. Now, work is good. I'm not saying today, like, you know, you don't, don't go to work and tend to your resignation because you're like, oh, well, the pastor said that I should just be focused on the things of God. I'm out, right? I know some of you will want to do that and blame it on me. Don't do that, okay? <laughs> don't do that. Work's a good thing. <laughs> Paying the bills is a good thing. Life admin is a good thing. Folding the washing is a good thing. Doing all that, they're all, they're all good things, right? The distraction dilemma is that it's not about good things, it's about the best things. In fact, the way that you find out what it is that you are truly devoted to, first and foremost, is that you determine your priorities. You determine what matters most. See, priorities aren't about right and wrong. Priorities are about better and best. Hear that? Priorities aren't about right and wrong. Priorities are about better and best. And there's this hilarious example in the Scriptures with Jesus where um, Jesus has gone off and he started to heal people and everyone gets wind of it. And so this whole crowd around Galilee starts following him around and the Pharisees, the religious types are around him and they've all followed him around and they must have ended up in a house somewhere, right? Where the house is packed out. And it says that in Matthew 12, 46, that Jesus' brothers and sisters were standing outside. In other words, they'd gone down to do the rescue. You know when you do the rescue? Back in the old days, right? Like if you're out on a Friday night and you're talking to someone that's kind of a little bit creepy and weird and so you have the friends that come in and just say, hey, I've got to talk to you. You know those moments? You didn't have them? Nor did I. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> 
But it's one of those ones, okay? Like you're at a soiree and you don't want to talk to the person, so you set up, you know, the phone call ring or whatever, interrupt it. It's as if this got set up for Jesus because it says that Jesus' family was outside wanting to speak with him and someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. And he replies to them, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my brothers and my mother for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Rejected. (laughs) He didn't want to deal with his family. First of all, what I love about that is it, it shows me even Jesus had his family in his hair. You know, like even Jesus had to deal with like, just give me 90 minutes to deal with some religious types and disciples. Oh, mom, stop it. Like I'm on about my mission here, right? And so Jesus understood the difference between better and best. It's not that he didn't love his family. It's not that he'd cast them aside. Of course, they were with him at the cross. But he said in this moment, this is the best use of my time no I'm not coming out to speak to mum because he had determined his priorities he'd worked out what was best and so here's the thing for you and I every day you and I get to choose what is deserving of our attention and the best way to do it is predetermine your priorities because what gets your attention and the direction of your attention ultimately leads to what you're devoted to and then here's the last one not only do you identify, uh, determine your priorities, you identify the distractions. You know, one of the best things that you can do today, and you know what, you don't even have to be a Christian to do this today. This is like for free, right? You, everyone can do this today. One of the best things you can do today is take Jesus at his word about living life to the full and identify the things that are stealing your attention away from that which matters most. That's free from Jesus this morning. We're not asking for an offering. We're not asking you to stay here at church. We're not asking you to pray or do anything at else. One of the best bits of wisdom that you can take from Jesus this morning is to identify what is taking you away from what matters most. And see, when you and I go and with Jesus and prayerfully do an audit this week, in your quiet time with the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, show me what it is. What, what is it that's distracting me from what I should be devoted to? Write it down. Identify the distractions, because when you know, they can go. When you know the distractions, they can go. If you don't know your distractions, everyone else goes. The things that matter most goes. So you identify the distractions. So you determine the priorities, you identify the distractions, and so here's the equation that I've got for you this morning to put it down, particularly you note-takers. If you identify distractions and determine your priorities, you'll experience more love and joy and peace and presence and beauty and wonder and life to the full. And the wrestle for you and I this morning as we finish is that as you head out this door, you know the one thing that the enemy, that the dark side, that Vader, whatever you want to do, the devil, let's be real, You know what the devil wants when you walk out that door? The devil wants you to forget everything that was just said. And all the devil's got to do with you this week is when you walk out that door, is just keep you that little bit more busy. Just keep you that little bit more occupied. Just keep you that little bit more focused on the thing that you probably brought in here and that's still a thing for you this morning and still been churning around your head because you're anxious about it. He's just got to keep you on that. Instead of taking the time to stop and think, what is it? that's distracting me from what I should be devoted to. And friends, you know, I think if we are the sort of people that do that in our lives and take an audit of this week, then you won't be victim to the cost of not living crisis. 
Because look, it's real for all of us, and I get it. I don't, I'm not hamming it up, and as your pastor, you know, we're continuing to hurt and feel for a whole bunch of us that are hurting and feeling. But my deep conviction is this, that as, as we, as the people of God, refuse to buy into all that the world is telling us what we should be worried about. Just open up the news app on your iPhone this week and see how that goes as a spiritual discipline. Well, property prices are still going crazy and the interest rates are going up and the inflation's not coming back and all the rest of it. Like if we are the sort of people that choose to go, yep, they're there and it's real, but I'm going to enter via the narrow gate and live in the fullness of the human condition that Jesus has designed for me. Can you imagine the sort of people that we would become? Can you imagine the freshness there would be in your friendship groups? Imagine the freshness and the stability in the workplace that you're a part of this week. Can you imagine the way that um, your kids would be feeling you parenting because of the stability by which you just are flowing through life? You know, when that goes out this morning, that goes out and people take their journals and do their homework, then it's almost, I don't know, kind of like this yeast that kind of gets pressured into a, a big bit of dough and, and if you just work just the tiniest little amount of it and the doughs of the workplaces and families and friendship groups and the rest of it, the whole rest of the thing gets better. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. hundred and something mini G's I. That's plural. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You take Him and this life with you as you head out these doors this morning. What you do with that and how much attention you pay to that life, that determines whether you're going to be the sort of person of peace and joy, flourishing, beauty. Let's pray. Father, help us wrestle back our focus upon You and the things of You. Father God, for some of us this morning, grant us the grace to... Be gracious with ourselves, particularly those of us that feel it this morning when the realities of work and busyness and life have torn us away from those which we love most. I pray over you this morning and I say to you, there's grace in that. And part of the grace is God's opportunity to wake you up to what you are missing this morning. Father, for those of us who have very real and deep anxieties this week. May they know that they're in a place and they've heard, heard from someone that who, who understands and gets it. These anxieties are real. But I pray that as we continue to focus on you, as we prayed earlier on this morning, this peace which transcends all understanding would fall upon them. And we would have the faith to declare that in the stripping away of things in our life, whether it's just simply the purchasing power of a dollar. May we understand the deep mystery of Christianity that there are some things in our life that are actually a gain to lose. And there are other things that are a loss to gain. So whatever the circumstances are for us, Lord, would you grant us the faith to say, this is the crucible by which you will take every single one of us that follow you, Lord Jesus. This is a crucible by which our faith in you is forged. And we trust you. Will you lead us into the places that will grant us the joy and the beauty that we so long for? 
we can only know as we step forward with you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.